Welcome to Multiverse OQ, your guide to the comic book multiverse. I'm Podcast Forum. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Exiles. For those of you who are expecting us to talk more about Heroes Reborn, I realized something very important, because we wrapped up the issues where it's technically alternate universes in Heroes Reborn, because after that point, it becomes Counter-Earth, which still takes place on Earth 616, so we don't have to give a shit about what happened anymore. Nope. At least in detail. Because, I mean, Exiles are going there, which is why we covered it in the first place, even though, like, none of the stuff that we covered in Heroes Reborn ends up being relevant in these issues just because... Oh, not at all. Yeah. I was, like, really confused as I was, like, reading this. I'm like... Did I miss something? Uh, yeah, there's a six-issue series of one-shots that is not on Marvel Unlimited that happened after Heroes Reborn The Return. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you playing at home, comics continue to be absolutely garbage for trying to understand them. So, uh, yeah. It's been a while since we have covered Exiles, and I mean, we're covering issues 81 through 84, so to give a brief summation, the Exiles are a team of heroes pulled from alternate universes to try and fix the multiverse. They discovered more and more stuff, but the uh, situation is currently they are utilizing something called the Crystal Palace or the Panopticon as a base with the help of some bug people who are known as the Time Breakers because they were the ones who sort of jimmied up the uh, worlds so that they needed to be fixed, even though that's going to be retconned several times. The Exiles try to return Beak, who is a member of their team, back home to the 616, which is the main Marvel Universe. Unfortunately for him at the time, it was undergoing the events of House of M, which he had been unaffected by, but the rest of the world was something that he did not recognize. In the confusion, the dangerous mutant known as Proteus, who has the ability to possess people and warp reality, but when he possesses people he absorbs life force, was able to escape from that universe, and so the Exiles made it their main mission at the time to chase Proteus from universe to universe trying to capture him. Eventually, Proteus ended up possessing Mimic, who was a member of the Exiles and the romantic interest of Blink at the time. And he was the worst person, right, Devin? He was. I mean, Mimic sort of gives him a run in one of these issues, but uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, eventually, Mimic... Uh, got damaged enough that Proteus had to leave his body and entered into the body of Morph, a.k.a. Kevin Sidney, who is a slapstick transforming, pretty much immortal. He's sort of like a living cartoon, except he is not uh, slapstick. He was literally a living cartoon. And He's now Deca it... Monk from that classic Looney Tunes episode. Yes. And now that he's in Morph's body, he won't run out of energy, and... He has Morph's ability to transform into anyone. So now, Proteus seeks to return home to the 616 universe, hoping to get back to the House of M universe, and it is up to the Exiles to stop him. Our current team is Blink, who comes from the Age of Apocalypse. She has teleport crystals, she is currently distraught over the death of Mimic, and she is the only original member of the team who is still around. I'm not counting Morph, because he is currently possessed. Uh, up next, we have Sabretooth. You want to explain Sabretooth? Sabretooth, he was kind. He's from the Age of Apocalypse universe as well. He was kind of the adoptive father of Blink. Uh, he was a hero in this universe, whereas normally we always know him as a villain. And he had previously been a member of the team Weapon X, which was kind of the more bloodthirsty, do whatever it takes to complete the mission group. And all the other members of Weapon X have been killed or they've been decommissioned and we'll be finding out more about that in this episode up next we have longshot who is the genetically designed superstar created by mojo in the mojo verse and they needed his luck powers to help fight against proteus and so in exchange for him they have given mojo access to the reality monitoring offered by the panopticon 
After that, we have Spider-Man 2099, a.k.a. Miguel O'Hara. Um, he's a little bit different from the normal one we know, but his identity was publicly revealed when the Exiles actually went to the 2099 universe by Proteus, which has forced him to leave his world and join the Exiles because he is now being hunted by Alchemax. Yeah. And when we say it's different than the normal 2099, there is a divergence partially caused by the Exiles coming into the world. And so he's got all the stuff you'd like about Spider-Man 2099, but this way they're still able to tell stories with Spider-Man 2099. Mm -hmm. uh, up next we have Power Princess, a.k.a. Zarda, who is currently the leader of the Exiles. And she is a member of the Squadron Supreme, where she's pretty much a Wonder Woman knockoff. And she doesn't really trust the Exiles or the Time Breakers, and she sees her position on the team as making sure they don't screw up shit any worse than they already have. Yep. And then last on the team, we have Heather Hudson, who is a scientist and support for the team. Uh, she used to be Sasquatch, but then Zarathos took uh, over her, and they ended up having to get rid of him and expunged him from her, but as a result, she lost her Sasquatch powers. And now she kind of, like, works as the support character in the Panopticon. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be covering, like I said, Exiles number 81 through 84. 81, 82, and 84 were all done by the same team, which was writer Tony Bedard with pencils by Jim Calafiore, inks by Mark McKenna, colors by Tom Chu, and letters by Dave Sharp. So the Exiles team returns to the Panopticon as Proteus has attempted to return home to the 616, which is now no longer the House of M universe, which is no longer his home. And Heather Hudson was prepared for this, and she has shunted him off to Counter-Earth. Uh, so if this is your first episode of the Exiled podcast and you have no familiarity with Marvel continuity, get ready for some rough sailing, buddies. And even if you have been listening, uh, we're bringing back up Heroes Reborn. So, Counter-Earth, for people, used to be the Heroes Reborn Earth. Heroes Reborn Earth was created by Franklin Richards when his parents and members of the Avengers were about to be killed off by Onslaught, and he created a pocket universe for them to live in. We cover the events of Heroes Reborn in the past two episodes, and some stuff happened between then and now like doom of that universe tried to make a negative zone portal and it briefly caused that universe to merge with the like jim lee comics universe world with like wildcats and all that stuff which was the 13th issue of all those heroes reborn series but because now dc owns the rights to wildcats that's that's never going to end up on marvel unlimited unless things really really change and yeah. literally that whole thing got expunged from everybody's memories, so we can ignore it. But, you know, just wanted to mention that so we don't have those continuity nerds getting angry. So a year into the Heroes Reborn world existing, the Celestials, who are space science gods, who pretty much are like, oh, hey, we're going to evolve this planet and then judge if it's worthwhile or not decided that Counter-Earth was a threat and sent one of their own named Ashima to try and make Franklin Richards, who is literally like a four or five year old kid, decide which of these planets to kill. And Franklin was ultimately able to convince Ashima that human lives matter and the worlds were safely split apart with Counter-Earth literally being on the opposite side of the sun. So, you know, normal Earth doesn't see it at all. And with the heroes... Oh, and just to say, there have been four Counter-Earths in the 616 universe, Devin. Oh, good. Yeah. Is Counter-Earth they're... still there? Yes. Okay. Uh, like, I believe there was some stuff in the, like, end part of... Uh, What's-his-name's Fantastic Four run, the really good one. Hickman? Yeah, Hickman. Where, like, Galactus came back... But yeah, well, we there's are... also that kind of Earth that we were kind of like enveloping for a while too. The High Evolutionaries one. Kind of no, this was I don't th no, it wasn't High Evolutionary. Someone shot an Earth a uh, planet at us. It was also at Hickman's uh, Avengers run. 
It was like one uh, of the thing. It was one of the things that the Illuminati used so that when one of the incursions happened, we did not get destroyed. I have still not touched that run. I know I will need to get there eventually. Oh dang! It's really good. But no, mm-hmm. it was what's it called? Um, basically, it was like a planet got shot at us, and we were able to kind of phase it into us. So then, hmm. when one of the incursions happened, basically we switched places with it. Was what the whole idea of it was. Interesting. No, there's like the high evolutionary Earth that uh, he made, and that was brought back later on in like the Avengers run, because that's where high evolutionary was like, oh, let's have animal people, and then that was sort of the inspiration for the Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon series. Oh, okay. There was the Counter Earth created by the goddess. That ended up getting destroyed at the end of the Infinity Crusade. Then there was the first Franklin Richards Counter-Earth. And then there was the Onslaught Reborn Counter-Earth. So you know how we have Ricky Barnes in the Marvel 616 every now and then? She doesn't come from this first Heroes Reborn Earth. She comes from a second one. Oh, okay. Comics are awful, Devin. With continuity. Yeah. Oh, whew. So anyways, the uh, planets got split up, and things got worse because you no longer had the Avengers and, like, Iron Man there to solve things. The Atlanteans decided to go to war and ended up flooding most of the planet. And this was in a set of six one-shot issues that are not available on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, Doom uh, came back from the Earth-616 and is like, hey, I'll try and take over this Earth. And he ended up sort of making the world better for a bit and then is like oh well i've got to go and do stuff with the fantastic four again so see suckers later and we'll give the relevant details because like that's where a lot of the status quo comes from but comics so Heather got pretty sent to Counter-Earth instead, and Heather didn't tell any of the other Exiles about this because they might get possessed and know about her plan. And she figures that if things go really bad, it's going to be fine because this Earth is already really, really screwed up. And Blink is ready to take down Proteus, and Zard is like, no, I'm the leader of this team, and Blink is like, no, I'm the leader again. Because she has a plan. Takes is. Yep. And meanwhile, on Counter-Earth, Proteus has ended up finding an Atlantean that was planning to shoot a missile at Adelin, which is currently the city where pretty much all the humans live on, where a group known as the Young Allies are, like, protecting it, and they want Earth to be livable again. And as the Exiles are watching with their own plans in motion, they realize that uh, Proteus is aware that they're going to be doing something, and so they have to be careful. So to explain the Young Allies, there's sort of weird takes on the original Young Allies who were World War II sidekick characters. So there's Bucky, who is Ricky Barnes, who we met in Heroes Reborn, and since that series ended, she has gotten some vibranium boots and an energy shield from Wakanda. There is Toro, aka Benito Serrano, who could turn into a Minotaur Man who is different than the Toro in the 616 universe, who is also named Benito Serrano, who can also turn into a Minotaur Man, but a different Minotaur Man. Because the 616 also has a version of the Young Allies, because comics are horrible. There's also Kid Cold, a.k.a. Elric Freedom, a.k.a. Elric Whitemane, who is a shield-created Chimelian-human hybrid. Uh, Chimelians are horse aliens who, like, one of them gave powers to the Power Pack, and, like, some of them are humans, but he has the power to turn into this horse-person hybrid. He can also teleport, and he can open subspace pockets. There is also Jolt, who is from the normal 616 universe. Uh, she had ended up joining the Thunderbolts after she was experimented on by Armin Zola, and at the time she was unaware that the Thunderbolts were really the masters of evil who were pretending to be heroes because all the main heroes got sucked into the Heroes Reborn universe. And eventually, on her adventures, she got stuck in this world. She has hyperkinetic powers and some other energy stuff. And then there are O and K, who are embodiments of order and chaos, who sometimes share a body. 
and they are here to judge Counter-Earth, and the other people just sort of ignore them. Which is really weird, but... comics. And so as they are looking on, Proteus ends up uh, controlling the Statue of Liberty, which he uses to present them with a nuclear bomb, and he offers to help them all. Miguel and Power Princess briefly return to the Squadron Supreme World and steal something that we don't see the details of. And the young allies give Proteus a rundown of Counter-Earth's deal, and he warns them of the Exiles. So that way, when Sabretooth and Longshot show up looking for him, Kid Colt is able to quickly capture them, and then because it's comics, the rest of the Exiles pop in, except for Heather Hudson, and they get into a big fight. Uh, with all the team there, Proteus is like, oh yeah, surprise, I'm still evil, starts warping them with his weird reality warping powers, and the young allies realize that they have made a huge mistake. And then it gets even worse because Order and Chaos activate, they teleport Proteus away, because he's apparently tipped the cosmic scale. And it's at this point that the Time Breakers, who are the bugs on the ship, or who are the bugs on the Panopticon, are like, yeah, we're just going to destroy this Earth and forget that Counter-Earth ever happened. Do you wish that that happened to Devin? Oh yeah. Counter-Earth is just a bunch of confusing things. And I thought they might because, it's like, look at those uh, Atlanteans with their atomic bombs, which is very on-brand for Counter-Earth. Yeah, <laughs> Counter-Earth is just bombs and blood. So the Exiles reveal their plan. Uh, they plan to rewrite Prudis' mind using a behavior modification device, which is something that the Squadron Supreme controversially used on their home world to turn criminals into good guys. Or to make people fall in love with them, which raises lots of questions about consent. Elsewhere, Proteus has been presented with orders from order and chaos to destroy the world, and he has been presented with the Atlantean arsenal to do so. Empress Dorma shows up to try and stop him, and she glows about her crown, and Proteus just smiles. The exiles soon find that he has raised Atlantis to the surface, and has merged all of the Atlanteans with the city, which killed them because they can't breathe air. And the Timebreakers are trying to call the exiles to come back, because this planet is now going to be destroyed without their help, but the Exiles and the Young Allies want to stop Proteus, and so they travel to Atlantis, where they find Proteus wearing the Serpent Crown. Proteus tries to, like, tempt or mess with Blink because he possesses the memories of Mimic, her ex-boyfriend, and is like, oh, I was just messing with you, and he sets off the missiles towards Adelin. Blink is able to kick the crown off of him, and then Kid Colt and Jolt go to work on trying to stop the missiles, and Proteus is able to knock out the rest of the team without much of a fight, and he puts the crown back on and then reverts back to Morph as reality resets from the weird warping things that he does. For those of you just joining us, the warping things are like those transform swirly tools that you can use in Photoshop. Yes. Which is horrifying to look at, but I feel like at times it's just sort of a, oh, we need him to be doing weird stuff with his powers, and it's like, let's have him swirl things around more. It is visually appealing. Oops, all fetish. So with reality reset and Proteus no longer holding up Atlantis, the city starts to sink and Blink teleports the team away and Morph reverts back with uh, no memories of what happened. And it turns out that Blank had Spider-Man 2099 reprogram the device so that instead of making him good or bad, Proteus now thinks that he is Morph, which works because he has all of Morph's memories and powers, and they're able to stop the rest of the missiles. The world is saved, and the Exiles return home with the threat of Proteus finally resolved. But the Time Breakers are still unhappy about Counter-Earth destabilizing the 616. The rest of the team really doesn't give a shit about that and they pledge to keep on doing their job as the Exiles, including Morph, where they try and make it awkward that he is back on the team. And I think the more awkward thing is, he's not immediately like, what happened to Proteus? Where is Proteus? When are they getting to the fireworks factory? <laughs> like, uh, I've got the uh, screen cap in because we'll have the image gallery that goes up with this episode, and it's like, 
yeah, we're all a team. And then it gets really awkward and Morph is like, and I'm also part of this team. And they just stare at him and it's like, you wanted him back because he was a friend because he worked with you on this heroes team. Did you not expect him to want to do that more? Right. And he has no memory about the fact that he was kind of dead. Yep. Or what happened to Proteus. And they eventually get to that, but not in a necessarily satisfying way. No. We then go to Earth number 83, where Casey Jones takes over on pencils, Vince Russell takes over on inks, and Will Quintana takes over on colors. And I really like this creative team. Like, it's very, very good. Like, Jim Calafior has a very 90s feel to his art at times. Like, I like his art, though. I like it at times, but I also like this Casey Jones stuff a lot more. It is. It only threw me off a little bit, only from the sense of Calfior has done like over half the issues we've covered. Yeah, he has done a bunch of stuff. So like, I'm like very used to his art style, so actually when it's not him anymore, it kind of threw me off. Yeah, but there's a lot of details that I liked in this. Like, I really like how he drew Heather Hudson's hair. Mm-hmm. Which I think is cool. But we open up on Earth... 27, which is currently number 364 in our list of Trials of the Multiverse, which was the home of Magnus, the first member of the Exiles to die way, way back in issue 2. And Magneto and Rogue find that their dead son's corpse has been returned to them with a note. And we see the bodies of other members of the Exiles and uh, Weapon X returned home. So Mesmero of Earth 53, who we never met, gets returned home. Wolverine of Earth 172 gets returned to Mariko and the Silver Samurai, who both apparently liked him. And you want to do some headcanon stuff right now, Devin? Oh, what? Because we. You want to do some headcanon stuff. You know, like we've done before with these very poorly defined universes. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so it's like all we see from Mesmero is that, like, he gets returned and then he gets cremated. So what do you think his whole. What do you think his whole deal was? I don't think people liked him. You don't think that people liked him? Nope. Yeah, you know, I think that for this Wolverine universe, he was in a polyamorous relationship with Maricode and Silver Samurai. Yep. Because there's nothing to say otherwise. On Earth 1287, Maverick gets returned to Nick Fury with a giant razory Captain America shield still in his body. And on Earth... 181 where daredevil was from and like these four members we only saw like stuck in the uh, walls of the panopticon uh he was presumed to have been sent home but it turns out he was stuck in the wall for a while and now he is back on his home world where he is a hitman for the kingpin oh yeah morphin zarda uh carrie kane who was from earth 3031, which is currently number 386 on our Trials of the Multiverse list, uh, his body back. And Zarda has to deal with the fact that Morph is Morph, but I think he's even more Morphy than he used to be. Like, he lost a lot of the character development that he had. A bit, yeah. Hold on, I've got a cap. I can hear the kitty. Anyways, uh, yeah, Morph seems a lot more young, or early Exiles Morphy than he did before. And I wonder if part of that was Proteus's influence or just writing problems. Maybe a bit of both. So uh, Heather goes to uh, send Morph to get Iron Man next, and she sends Miguel uh, to go along and make sure that he does a job. And that's when Heather confronts Zarda because she keeps talking to Morph like he's dead. And she wants everything to be cool, relatively speaking. And as Morph and Miguel go to get Iron Man, they talk about Miguel's talons, and they walk past Thunderbird, who is still in intensive care after the fight with Galactus way back in Exiles number 8 through 10, which we covered back in Multiversal Q episode 13, Gender, Sexuality, and Galactus. Uh, we are then introduced to Iron Man from Earth 2020, who is currently under Sabretooth's watch because he is pleading not to be sent back because not only is he being stripped of his armor, but he is a war criminal with a shoot-on-sight order against him. Sabretooth don't bad. give a shit. 
Yep. And in the desert chamber, Blink buries Mimic with a long shot there for support. And Blink wanted to uh, bury him there, that way she could keep his corpse close by and visit his grave, which is weird. Uh, Morph and Miguel get to Iron Man, who it turns out is able to activate his armor. And the entire team rejoins back to fight him. It's a big destructive battle, and they're getting their asses kicked until Longshot throws one of his knives into Iron Man's eye slot, which is why I guess you have to get rid of those eye slots, Tony. And then Morph ends up hitting the reboot switch, which he knew about from when he had to stop Iron Man before. And they can't really do anything about his eye because he destroyed the infirmary. And as they send it back, it, they uh, look him up and it turns out that he'd actually started like a brand new world war on his home world. And he wasn't trying to end war like he had claimed he was. Unless he was trying to end war by making the most horrible war ever. Good I don't for think you, he's Tony. Doing that. Do you believe Tony Stark? No. Oh, okay. It's tough to believe Tony Stark. And uh, Power Princess finds out that Blink buried Mimic's corpse in the desert, and she asks if that's what he would have wanted, and Blink's like, I don't really know. We never really talked about where you want your corpse buried. Devin, what do you want done with your corpse oh, when man. you die? I don't know. Where do you want your corpse, Luke? It really, really depends how I die. I mean, part of me would love to be stuffed and just, like, stuck somewhere. Ooh, yeah. So that it would be stumbled upon. Alternately, you know, I wouldn't mind having my body donated to science if it's, like, cool science, like making a Frankenstein. Or making President Frankenstein. From Death Race. 2000? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies. It's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah. It... it it, it was good. It was very good. It is a good movie. And we then have a uh, sort of funeral service as we get shots of all the other worlds where people have been returned to. Like we see Nightcrawler officiating over Magnus's funeral. Mesmero gets cremated. Wolverine's corpse is put on a pyre. Maverick gets a military funeral. Daredevil has gone and killed Kingpin. Kane's funeral is attended by Cable, Domino, and Grizzly. Iron Man is immediately captured and presumably killed. Probably. Uh, Weapon X Angel, aka Gun Having Angel, who's currently 96 on our list of Trials of the Multiverse, is back with guns and doing more Angel stuff. I forgot how highly we ranked him. He was cool. Mm-hmm. He's like Angel, but with guns. Uh, Storm of Earth... 23895 is currently number 314 on our list. Gets buried in Wakanda by Black Panther. Vision of Earth 10101, who's currently number 88 on our list, gets a statue. Not a status. And Scarlet Witch is there. Presumably sad, though. This was like evil, highly logical visions. So. Eh, I think he's ranked highly enough. I don't see this like really getting him ranked higher. No. Uh, Colossus from Earth 1917, who is currently number 312 on the uh, chart, has his funeral attended by his family. He was part of the uh, Weapon X team. He died on their big Hyperion satellite adventure. In case you didn't remember. Magic from Earth 4210, who is number 167 on our list, also has a very Russian funeral attended by her family. Hulk from Earth 873, which is number 362 on our list, gets a military funeral attended by General Ross and Betty Ross. He was the one who fought Hyperion from Weapon X, not the She-Hulk from that universe, who doesn't make an appearance here, which is really weird. It is, because actually I thought that Hulk was the She-Hulk. Nope, it's the uh, weird one who wore like the purple mesh bodysuit. Oh, yeah. Spider, who was the evil version of Spider-Man from Earth-15, who is number 222 on our list, has a prisoner's grave. Miss Marvel from Earth-4732, uh, who is number 200 on our list, has her body studied by the Beast. She was the one who hooked up with Hyperion, mm -hmm. which was a bad decision. Too true. Uh, Gambit, 
who is from Earth 371 on uh, and who's number 194 on our list who helped to kill Hyperion got a Bayou funeral. We also don't see what happened to Firestar who came in with that version of the Hulk. Like it's really weird how it's like we're going to introduce these new people you've never seen before but then we're also not going to bring back everybody who you remembered. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, and then we have Namora, who we did not actually rank, even though she was like a long-running member of the Exiles. Uh, she's from Earth 2189, and she gets a royal funeral, so we'll have to put her on the chart. And I think she's going to rank pretty well. Mm-hmm. I like Namora. And then at the end we see Blink... Uh, return to Earth-12, personally delivering Mimic's body. Mimic is Earth... Er, Mimic is number 169 on our list. And uh, then we go to our last issue that we are covering this week, which is number 84, which has the team from the first two issues. And we start off with Longshot chasing Power Princess around, who is dressed only in a towel. And then we see another Longshot and Heather appear after Zarda has already sliced Longshot in half because she realizes that it was Morph, who was creeping on her while she was bathing in the ocean, and Longshot rightly calls out that Morph knew what he was doing was wrong, which is why he didn't look like himself when he was doing it. Yep. It's like, Morph, you haven't done this sort of shit since you had that emotional moment with Sunfire way, way back when she came out as being queer to you. So. Don't be a creepy and shitty person. Especially if you're trying to be a funny person. Uh, Heather, meanwhile, wants to go on a break for a few days to see her husband, and the tiebreakers are unhappy about this, and they want to teach the team a lesson. So they hire one of their uh, family friends who is missing one of his arm, and they set up an elaborate scheme where he is going to lose his arm, and that's how they're going to teach the kids always to let the tiebreakers give them permission before they go on a break. Arrested Development. I got your reference, Luke. Okay. That's why you always leave a note. Yes. And meanwhile, Blink is attending Mimic's funeral. And the layout of that, like, funeral meal is really, really weird. Because it's just, like, single plates of food. But this is, like, something where I, I'm presuming you're going to have a lot of, like x-men there you're going to have a lot of like reformed villains who have shown up because like mimic's whole thing was he used to be a villain and then he got a chance to reform and he became one of the best heroes and professor x has to have a bunch of hot trays oh for sure uh so xavier files i know you sometimes do special articles or you have people do guest pieces uh bring me on to write xavier's gotta have some hot trays and I will write that article for your site, Xavier Files. And the important thing here is that Xavier offers Blink a position on this team of the X-Men. Meanwhile, on Spider-Man 2099's Earth, Miguel runs into his brother Gabriel because he wanted to check that his family is safe, and they are, and they're also very famous now, because no one knows what happened to Spider-Man 2099. Sabretooth, meanwhile, returns to the Age of Apocalypse universe where he wants to know what happened to his buddy Wildchild, and Magneto's like, we don't know what's going on. And it's really weird because this is that continuing, like, strange depiction of the Age of Apocalypse universe where Magneto just has a very fancy office and it doesn't really feel very glam rock anymore. He fixed the glam rock, Luke. The apocalypse is over. Yeah, but then it, like, comes back Magneto after, like... got up and oh. said, tonight we are canceling the apocalypse. We're canceling the glampocalypse? Yeah, basically. And I want a cool, fancy office, because now I'm Mr. Bureau. Mm-hmm. And Magneto extends the offer for Sabretooth to join the X-Men in that universe, but he gets uh, called on the Talus. Meanwhile, on Earth-3470... Heather is spending some time with James Hudson, who is her second husband, because her first husband, who was Wolverine, who she had to kill, in case you forgot about that. I did and, not. Uh, I did forget that she had a second husband, because I was confused, yes. because I thought it was like, but Wolverine's dead. Yeah. 
that was her reason for uh, not hooking up with people. But I had forgotten, like, that she had a second husband as well. Because at first it was like, oh, she was a widow who decided not to marry anyone else. And then it's like, oh, no, no, she she married uh, James Hudson, who was Vindicator. Oh, okay. And uh, Sabretooth ports in after their uh, post-quoto moment. And he's like, oh, shit, uh, we need to bring the teams together. I and didn't so see the anything. Yep. And so... And then he's like, unless you want me to, bubs. Uh, and they end up bringing in the Exiles and Alpha Flight together, except for Longshot and Morph, who are staying behind at the Panopticron. It turns out that the Soviet super soldiers are trying to open a portal that will cause a bunch of dark force to smother the entire Earth, ending it. So the teams rush in to fight, and they interrupt Darkstar, who was summoning the energy, but it's still super strong, so Morph asks them to uh, send him in to help out and he teleports right in front of the soldiers so he really doesn't get to do all that much and the darkness keeps growing so the time brokers are like we don't stand a chance the probability isn't looking good that we'll be able to solve this situation and Longshot's like I know what those words are and he goes and sends himself in and they're able to defeat the evil even though Longshot doesn't do shit and that's when Heather comments that like Alpha Flight should have been able to take care of this by themselves, and it probably wasn't a world-threatening situation that the Exiles were needed for. And even Longshot's like, yeah, I did nothing here. And Blink, meanwhile, makes the decision that she is going to stick with the Exiles, and when they wait to go back, the Talus vanishes from Sabretooth's hand, the Talus being the device that lets them communicate with the Panopticron and it gives them missions. And the Time Broker, who is the sort of hologram communication device that they have, tells them that they have been replaced and they are now stuck in this universe. Hashtag eat a dick. Yep. So you know what has 30 claws and is able to solve problems a lot better? No, what, Luke? An entire team of Wolverines. We'll see that next time when we cover the Exiles. But for now... You've got questions, and we have universes to rank. So are you ready for this, Devin? Let's do it. It's time for Trials of the Multiverse! I got that energy, Devin. Not being depressed because of your job is amazing. Hooray. Hooray! Eesh, I sort of cracked a bit up there. Gotta get back to singing more regularly, or at least speaking more regularly, or at least doing this podcast that people are listening for. So up first we have Earth 653, which is Weapon X Mesmero's World. And like Mesmero, we probably get the least of, because you got ideas of who Mesmero is outside of this? Very little. Yeah, like... He's not super interesting. How do we feel about him compared to uh, Weapon X Kane? See, I don't really remember Weapon X Kane. Weapon X Kane also died off quickly, but we got to see his funeral that had Cable and Grizzly and Domino at it. So I don't think he at least has that going for him. No, at least he's got Cable at his funeral. Mm-hmm. I think think that it's at least better than all the superheroes moved to Toledo, Ohio. Yes. Uh, but it's... Is it better than King Conan where Bing Conan on the road to Hyboria? No. So our new number 388 is uh, Earth 653 Weapon X Mesmero's Homeworld. Uh, up next we have uh, Earth-172, which is Weapon X Wolverine's world, where we have declared that he is in a polyamorous relationship with Mariko and Silver Samurai. So, I mean, that's at least going to be better than I feel a lot of the Weapon X people. It's not better than Weapon X Angel, or is it better than Weapon X Angel? It is not. Uh, is Actually, it better than... Actually, one that I liked, too, that might rank highly. I did like Weapon X Daredevil. Yeah, Weapon X Daredevil is pretty cool, but uh, we'll be ranking him shortly. Okay, uh, is it better than Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe? Yes. 
Okay, so our new number 97 right under Weapon X Angel is Weapon X Wolverine. We then have Earth. Oh, and I'll put in brackets. Polyamorous relationships so we remember our very strange continuity that we've added. Mm -hmm. But as the new policy is, unless you see stuff against it, it's canon. Uh, we then have Weapon X Mavericks World where... How did you feel about, like, shaved head Nick Fury? See, I think I the haircut really works. head Nick Fury. You weren't. That is weird. I like... I thought... See, I like classic hair Nick Fury. I thought that it... I thought he was able to pull it off, though. I mean, I can understand if you aren't a fan of the haircut, but do you think he at least pulled it off? Mm, see, I wouldn't. Okay. It's sort of like a more X-Force-y uh, Nick Fury, like yeah. from the uh, one where Wolverine was on the team with X-23. Or it, it reminds me a lot of what's his name from Venture Brothers, but less funny. Sergeant Hatred. Oh. Oof. Oof. Sergeant Hatred is some damn rough chuckles. Uh, how do you feel about him compared to Weapon X Miss Marvel? Who also I like had him some better. Bad choices. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to the idea verse? Line. <laughs> I don't even remember what the idea verse is. Oh, okay, okay. That was uh, from Deadpool Illustrated. Oh, that one. I like that better. Okay, so our new number two oh one. Is Earth-1287 Weapon X Mavericks World? We then have Weapon X Daredevil. So I should uh, go higher for this then? Yeah. I thought he was cool. Do you think he's Do you think he's better than Weapon X Angel? He's like right there. I would say that you could... Uh, I would say you could sh sandwich him between Angel and Wolverine. I think that's acceptable. And that Earth will be making a comeback. Oh, really? Very soon. Yeah. Cool. Like, in the very next arc. Oh, nice. Of Exiles. Yeah. Which, I'm not sure if that was accidental or uh, coincidental. It's hard to tell with some of these. Mm -hmm. We then have Earth 2020, which is Weapon X Iron Man. And for some reason, I keep thinking of Woody Allen and Casino Royale. Being a similarly guy who's trying to be a big man, but he's also very weak. How do you feel about uh, Weapon X Iron Man? I mean, he gets more characterization than most of the people, but he's generally just a dick I mean, and a he's wimp. kind of a schmuck and a dick, but I at least enjoyed him. How do you feel about him compared to Weapon X Hyperion? Uh, Weapon X Hyperion is better. Uh, Deadpool kills the creative team? better than that so our new number 241 is earth 2020 weapon x iron man we then have namora from the exiles from earth 2189 and i'm not entirely sure who our uh, highest ranked member of the exiles is uh morph is number 11 just gonna say, do you think he? Do you think he's morph levels of good? Who? Who? Or uh, do you think Namora is morph levels of good? No. I I don't think she's that good. Uh, so I'm scrolling down looking for uh, similarly high rated ones. Um, hmm. Well, Blink was Age of Apocalypse, and so that universe isn't going to be ranked super high. Because there was a lot of Age of Apocalypse. Uh, what other members have there been? Uh, Heather Hudson's universe is currently number 101. How do you feel about it compared to uh, 3470? Or sorry, that's currently 103 because we've ranked some things above it. I like it more than that. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Nomura compared to Weapon X Angel? I mean, she's definitely better than Weapon X Angel. Yeah. 
How do you feel about her compared to Weapon X Vision, who we apparently liked a lot more? To be fair, Weapon X Vision was pretty tight. He was an evil robot version of Vision who didn't cry, he just murdered. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to give it to Weapon X Vision, though. Okay, uh, right under that is the original flavor of Age of Apocalypse. I think Nomura came through a lot better overall than Age of Apocalypse did. I would agree with that. So our new number 89 is Nomura from the Exiles. And I'll probably update some of these so it's easier for us to look through and find where our Exiles members are. And, uh... Yeah, we got a better view of uh, Heather Hudson's world. Do we want to rank that any higher? It's right under Justice League, The Nail, and Another Nail. No. Yeah, there wasn't that much stuff. I was going to say, it was like so. you say, we got more. I, I didn't really think we got that much more. Other than reminder be, oh, that's right, you have a husband. And they have that really weird version of, uh, what's her name? The, uh, fish girl from the team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everything you don't like about fish people combined with everything you don't like about Reed Richards. Mm hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we got, uh, some stuff to, uh, cover. Or we got some questions sent in. We got specifically two questions sent in. The first is from frequent question asker Xavier Files, who, if you were unaware, he had started a new podcast. Were you aware of that, Devin? I actually did. Have you listened to it, though? No, you don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, not really. So, no, I've not. Yeah, the uh, I listened to the first episode, and it is pretty good. They're doing a ranking. Uh, he and Adam Wreck are doing a ranking of every like x-men story so like the first one they did god loves man kills the uh really good dupe one shot from the jason aaron uh wolverine of the x-men run and then god loves man kills too yeah and uh yeah you can check it out it is called battle of the atom so then uh yeah i forgot to say what his question was so xavier files wants to know do you think heroes reborn is worth revisiting Mm, i if if it was going to be done you would have to ignore everything that happened after the initial heroes reborn series yeah because it very quickly became unrecognizable when it was like oh off-panel, the entire world is sunk by Atlanteans, and, like, Exiles is the only thing that has really addressed that, to my knowledge. Like, that was literally why when Onslaught came back again, they're like, oh, we're just going to make a brand new Heroes Reborn universe where we can only include the bits that we want. Mm-hmm. That's which is pretty much, which is what happened with the Age of Apocalypse universe, for the most part. It was like... Yeah. Rick Remender came on and was like, oh, yeah, no, we're just going to keep the good parts that we want. The world is going glam dark again. Mm-hmm. Magneto loses his cool, cool office. Yep. He worked really hard to get that marble. Just to have it all taken away. And in the end, it doesn't even matter. Err. And uh, the second question we have comes from Michael B., who is at Not Really Robot, who wants to know, is there still a morph-shaped Proteus waiting to go off? And that, you'll have to stick around and find out. But yes, there is. I was going to say, I'm assuming there is. Yeah. But, you know, that will be a problem for a team of six Wolverines to deal with next next time we cover it. Um... And, yeah, currently on our planning list, next week we're going to try and do an interview with Greg Schiegel, who is a artist who has actually drawn a few issues of uh, the What If series. 
and then because we did exiles this week we need to figure out what we're going to do for the last week of august but uh yeah if you enjoyed this podcast if you want to like make us read something for that last week of august and you are a backer you can let us know on our uh, patreon which is under my name or there is a link to it on the multiversal queue backers get things like ridiculous bullshit i need to get around to sending the episode note outlines that i do which aren't really note outlines it's more of me just writing everything that we read and uh yeah i'll be working and getting that up but you also get early episodes of our other podcast exiled which is currently wrapping up its weird high school alternate universe gender swapped uh arc which gets really really violent all of a sudden yep and then really really sexy so look forward to that uh you can find more out about this podcast at multiversalq.com where we have image galleries for most of the episodes and uh you can also see the trials of the multiverse list as well as the new uh page that i put together that has the heroes reborn reading order so we can get that sweet sweet seo it's on the page marked heroes reborn reading order and uh Deborah, where can people find you online find me online at fredo fett that's f-r-e-d-d-o-f-e-t-t and luke where can people find you you can find me online at at coltreg that is k-o-l-t-r-e-g on the twitter or at lukehair.com which i still need to update and i don't even know if it's still active let's see yes it is i haven't updated it since um oh december 1st of 2016 comics everybody uh anyways thank you for listening we hope to be bringing in the interview episode next week and patreon backers you can send in requests for uh other stuff for us to cover uh the last week of this month until then this one's we're hanged